0: my first sales that I talk about is I went to a real estate company and they go, well, why are you in century 21? They go, why are you here? And they go, look, this is a game. This is fun. This is family entertainment. Your customers come in they look at a house and there's a board game on the counter. It's picture It's fun. Oh, now I get it. They took six, a real estate company. I went to pharmacies. I went to knickknack stores. I went to bookstores. I went to and our big break was Nordstrom. They didn't have toys or games, obviously, back then. But I was determined to sell the energy. I was determined to scale that energy.
1: That's one small step for man. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. We choose to go to
0: the moon, not because they are easy, but because they are I hard. I have a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven Six, five,
1: four, three, two, one.
0: Super, super,
1: super, super,
0: super you. Welcome back to the Super U Podcast, the podcast designed to unlock and unleash your superpower. I'm Jake with Equal Man Studios. Anyone recognize the song? If you grew up playing Nintendo in the 90s, you might remember the theme music for the video game, Pictionary, based on the original charades-inspired word-guessing game by the same name. Today's guest is Robert Angel, the inventor of Pictionary. Eric talks to Rob about his journey to selling 38 million Pictionary games in over 60 countries. They also talk about his new book, Game Changer, the story of Pictionary and how I turned a simple idea into the best-selling board game in the world. So, here we go. Sit back and enjoy today's episode of the Super U Podcast with Robert Angel. Megan Fox and I are about to play a game of Pictionary. One of possibly your favorite board games is going to be made into a TV show.
1: Oh, Pictionary.
0: Yeah. Welcome to the most popular drawing game in the world, Pictionary. And here's your host, Alan Vick. All right, Pictionary, what are the teams? How about boys versus girls? Oh, that hardly seems fair, but I guess any team that I'm not on has a decided disadvantage.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Super You Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Qualman. Most of you know me as Equal Man. As you know, this is a podcast designed to unlock and unleash the superpower that's within all of us. Uh, I am super excited for today's guest because he's done exactly that. He's traded in his Clark Kent glasses to turn into Superman. And he's going to tell his story, and we're going to dig into it. And the reason his story is important is because I think it's all of your story out there. It's really about having that courage to put on that cape. And so he's going to walk through how he started Pictionary. That's right. Over $60 copies sold of the popular board game Pictionary. We have the founder of Pictionary, Rob Angel, and we're going to talk about his amazing new book as well, Game Changer. And so without further ado, I'd like to welcome the founder of Pictionary to the Super U Podcast, Rob Angel. Welcome, Rob.
0: Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: No, it's great having you. And right. I always like to kick things off with kind of your superhero story, comic book style, because I do feel we're all living the same movie. We're just different actors and actresses within that movie. And a lot of our listeners are kind of thinking about, how do I do what Rob did? Not specifically launch a board game, but I've got this idea. How do I get it out there? How do I have the courage to do it? And how do I have the conviction and wherewithal to stick with it? So if you don't mind, we'll just kick things off with, how the heck did you start a phenomenon, a worldwide phenomenon with the game Pictionary? (laughs)
0: <laughs> How long do you have? Uh, <laughs> I'll give you the Reader digest. No, I was, I was a uh, uh, waiter, waiting tables, trying to find my way in the world, trying to wait for that one lightning bolt moment, trying to wait for whatever would catch my attention. And graduated from college, moved in with three buddies. And we started getting home. Uh, we, we'd get home from the late night, you know, It'd be midnight, one, a couple of cocktails in, and we were just kind of goofing off, you know, typical 22-year-old, and lived in a crappy little place, but had a ball. And one night, one of my roommates said, do you want to play this game I learned at college? And it's, we call it charades on paper. Yeah, okay, fine. And at this point, I'm just ready to play a new game, right? I live my life kind of openly, right? So if experience has come my way, I say yes. I didn't judge, you know, if it was going to be my idea or somebody else's. I go, sure. Let's just play a new game. I did not know my life was about to change. We sit down, two guys on one side of the table, two guys on the other, and a couple of beers. We just start sketching words to each other. That was it. There was no rules, no, no game. And we had a ball. In fact, we had an absolute ball. And then we played longer and more. And then the next day and the next day and the next day. And then I started looking forward to it. And then I was just... One night I was looking around as we were playing and the energy in the room was electric. I mean, it wasn't just fun, it was electric. And I thought, you know what, you know, I love board games, I grew up playing board games. If I could turn this energy into a board game, then I've got something. I wasn't thinking, hey, you know, I'm gonna make a board game and sell a bunch of units and make a bunch of money and all this kind of stuff. Didn't even enter my, my, uh, my psyche it was all a matter of the intention my intention was to to scale that energy scale and that so, energy
1: and i like that because it starts with an audience of one in this case it's two but if you're waiting to get home that's your favorite part of the day then that tells you something so that's pretty cool
0: yeah no it was it was uh, exactly what it was you know i was it, it told me a lot and so i i promptly uh, did nothing with it <laughs> just but how, you know, how long
1: how long did you do just to set the context so you're in you're in spokane washington this is after you got out of western washington university which we might backtrack that's an interesting in story in itself on how you put yourself sure. through college but so how long did you let it kind of germinate uh
0: it was, it was about two and a half years two and a uh, see,
1: it's crazy. And what was what was like what was the cause of two and a half years? Why wasn't it just right away? Some some of us out there are still waiting. You've been 15 years, but two and a half's not too long, but why two and a half?
0: Oh, you know, I could come up with a hundred excuses of procrastinating. <laughs> I was gonna go to Europe for uh, six months or five months backpacking. I was too young, I didn't know how to do it, I was afraid, I didn't know anything about the board game market, so rather than trying to figure it out. I said, nah, this is just too much work. A hundred different reasons, all of which just basically stopped me from getting strong. And
1: And then what what was the impetus all of a sudden you say, okay, this is it. I'm I'm going for it. Finally going to go for it.
0: uh, It was about two and a half years later, but it was one of those ideas that I couldn't get out of my head, right? It wasn't like I said, no, I can't, I'm not going to do it. I just kept talking about it, thinking about it. And I kind of believe that when an idea is uttered, it goes into the universe, right? Somebody's going to do it. Somebody is going to take that idea. And so I was thinking, okay, I better get started on this. But I was still a little, uh, you know, a little shy, if you will, and insecure about getting started. And so I, I go, what do I do? How do I get this going? So I broke it down to its easiest steps. So I replayed. What was so fun about it? And I remember it was the words, right? The sketching and the drawing were always different. People guessed different, sketch different, but everybody used the same word. So I figured, okay, so I've got to create a word list. And quite frankly, that was also what I knew I was going to sell, right? The people didn't want to get a dictionary like we did. They're wanting some easy way. That's what marketing is. Just give the consumer something easy to do, uh, use and so i literally said okay i'm gonna make a word list without a plan i still didn't have an idea what i was going to do i still didn't even know what the game looked like in my head i just knew i needed a word list and i had to get started
1: you need a word listening to get started everyone's played pictionary with those because i mean even if you haven't you've seen it in the movies when harry met sally it's been on the simpsons which is crazy it's been on friends um but obviously you have a word and then you have to sketch it and then everyone's guessing like you said i love it's with charades on paper um did I read it right that the first word was aardvark because it was the first word in the dictionary?
0: Uh, yeah. So I had a criteria for what I wanted to use in the word for the word list. And I literally in the backyard, 20, now I'm 24 years old, open up a dictionary, pad of paper and a pencil in my hand. And I, I scan the dictionary and I see the word aardvark. Now I read and then I write down the word aardvark, but I got to tell you, I broke into a cold sweat and I'm kind of looking around to see if anybody else is looking at this. My heart's racing because I knew in that moment by writing nine letters, aardvark, aardvark, that I'd gotten started. And it was a big deal to me. That's all it took is just those steps, right? So when you're thinking of an idea, you're thinking of getting started, don't think of the big picture, which was way too overwhelming for me. I just broke it down, wrote down the word. I go, okay, I got this. And then
1: you said your pulse started racing. You wrote it down because a lot of us don't like if I want to become the best singer in the world, or in my mind, I'm going to become the best singer in the world, but I don't put myself out there partly because I can always say I still have that chance. Once I take that step, all of a sudden I might realize I'm not the best singer in the world. And so we kind of act like a hedgehog somewhat. We kind of stay in our little shell. But you got excited because you're like, I can't believe I'm doing this. But also, I'm guessing, I don't put words in your mouth that there's a little fear mixed in there too because like all right now i'm really doing this if this doesn't work that's my dream uh, was there some of that
0: none none. <laughs> none
1: you just said none. you just said i got nothing to lose i'm
0: going for it uh, i got i have nothing to lose but a little bit of time and a two dollar 85 dictionary boom i like but, it right this is the thing that you know what of the fear of failure I, yeah. I was too busy head down to the one project Instead of looking forward, as you say, for the singing analogy, it's like, oh my God, if I'm standing on stage and I'm not perfect, then I'm gonna I'm gonna fail and people are gonna laugh at me. I, I didn't even think that far ahead. I go, I'm just making a word list. That's not that complicated. I just took the easiest thing that was in front of me, right? I didn't I had the dictionary too. It's not like I had to go take lessons and had to go figure out how to manufacture it. I was like, hey, I'm just getting started.
1: And so I love that because it's it's like a lot of people try to boil the ocean. It's always, you know, the cliches, take the elephant one bite at a time. You said, all right, let's break it down in the simplest form. Let's just start work with this word list and let's keep cranking.
0: That, that's exactly what it was. And so I think we get wrapped up, we all get wrapped up, myself included, in the details. And so it took me two and a half years to write down that first word it took me 30 seconds to write the second word. So the second word was like, oh, that's not so hard. And then the third word was 15 seconds. Ah, geez, this is simple. So I just kept doing word after word after word and just reinforcing over and over and over. I can do this. I can make a word list. This isn't that complicated. What was I thinking about? I, by the time I was done, uh 5,016 words I I still have the yellow legal tablets that I worked on by the time I was done I was a game inventor I wasn't just a waiter anymore it was constant I love it and you reinforcement
1: part of you I I read this is true when I was reading your book is that when you had the idea you said well I'm not a game maker how can I make a game I'm a waiter and so how did you flip that mindset
0: yeah, it's the resistance that we all have, right? We get in our box and we say, okay, I'm a waiter. And if I get out of side of that box into the unknown, then oh my goodness, that, who knows what's gonna happen, that fear of the unknown. And so it was simply, simply, simply writing down that one word. I mean, it was that not simple because it took me two and a half years, make no mistake. But getting out of my headset uh, mindset, and headset, too. Good, I was just a waiter was, uh, was significant, right? It changed everything.
1: No, and, and going back real quick to college, so Western Washington University, because I think it, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, but I want you to confirm, is it might have helped you. Is it in the moment? So your dad gets fired from his job, and then you have to decide, am I going to finish college? I got to pay for this now. And also, it really struck me, I was reading is that you know you ask your dad like after eight years they can just just go up and fire you and and he's like yep that's it and so a couple things like how did that impact you and how did that help you um basically after that two and a half years of waiting on the game like how did that help you
0: yeah my uh dad was an executive at a company and i Wanted to emulate my dad. I thought that would be so cool to be a businessman, to be a CEO, to be in charge of everyone and everything like he is. And so that was my mindset when I was young. And I get to college and that's still my mindset. I'm still not a waiter then because I didn't have to wait tables. Dad was paying for college. But then one day, my freshman year of college, he gets fired just like that after eight years of being the CEO. Now, I was living his dream he was the CEO, I was going, I want to be like my dad, as opposed to here's what I want to do. So when he got fired, that dream was shattered. And now I'm kind of adrift. I'm kind of a, you know, floating with no rudder because I didn't know what I wanted to do or who I wanted to be. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I got to live my own dream, think my own thoughts, worry about what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. And I knew after that experience, I didn't want to work for anybody. And I think that was in me before that even happened. I I didn't want to be beholden to somebody else. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And keep in mind, I'm about 19 years old. This is 1977. The word entrepreneur was not like it is today. Nobody even knew the word. It was working for yourself. So not everybody wakes up one day and wants to be an entrepreneur. It was like kind of an anomaly at 22 years old, or excuse me, at 19 and 20 going, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to work for myself. That wasn't, the. uh, That was like what's wrong with you why don't you want to work for a company so him getting fired turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to him
1: yeah it's funny because in the moment it's a common thread we've seen with a lot of successful people like yourself is in the moment something happens like you said your life was shattered because there's your dream that was your dream and all of a sudden you're thinking you know why is this happening to me and then looking back more times than not it happened for you And so I love that. I love that story that looking back, because in the moment, a lot of people ask why, and you should for a little bit, like for a day or two. And then you got to ask what, what am I supposed to see here? And
0: you saw, you saw the what. Yeah. I'd I'd like to tell you that, you know, when he told me he couldn't pay for college and I had to pay for it myself, that I went, yippee, I could be an (laughs) entrepreneur. Yeah, no, I was, you son of a, really? You get fired and I have to suffer. This is great. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate this. And so, but the, but, I think to your uh, to your point, I did. I never went into victim mode. I never went into, oh no, my life's over. Oh no, as you say, this happened to me. It was like after that second day of, oh crap. It was like, okay, what do I have to do here? I didn't say, okay, there's an opportunity here. I mean, nobody does that. It was like a you know young kid. I'm going. <laughs> This sucks. <laughs> this really sucks. But I've got no choice. So I had no choice but to decide what I wanted to do. And I just kind of knew I wanted to finish school and work for myself. And so I took out loans. I did whatever it took. I, that's, when, that's when I became a waiter. I didn't wake up one day at 16 going, I don't want to be a waiter. It was like, I've got to pay for school. What do I do? Waiting tables seemed like a really good job. And I took it and I did it. And I was very good at it. Uh, and that but that stuck with me all those years the mindset of I'm a waiter and and then then waiting tables was
1: helpful because it gave you that flexibility to do this game and so okay so you do the the word list you put that together and then what happens how does it actually get put together because there's no Alibaba at the time uh I'm super excited to have you on here because selfishly we've got a new game called kitty corners so i'm going to ask you about because we're going to walk through the steps on what we can do but there's no alibaba like we rip up alibaba we get it all produced in one place you know walk me through you had to use nine different companies suppliers you know how'd you actually make the first couple games man you did read
0: the book i appreciate that
1: that's <laughs> <laughs> no, great it's great it's called game changer by rob angel so it's just a great
0: it's a great story You know, I got to tell you, the 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 freaking book took me five years to write because I kept changing. With every iteration of the book, I was on. I've been on the spiritual journey, so every time I'd finish a manuscript, I'd be different. So I changed the manuscript, right? Uh, And so it became a rather unwieldy process. So true.
1: Everyone that comes up to me goes, "Hey, Eric, I'm thinking about writing a book." I go, "Why would you ever do that to
0: yourself?" Yeah, (laughs) it was. It was not. You know, I'd love to tell you it was a great process. It sucked totally. But, but ultimately I am really, really proud of the book. It's, it is the reason I didn't put it out is because it wasn't what I wanted. And it is exactly the story and how I wanted to tell the story. It's a great read. It's an easy read. It's a narrative as they say. So it's just in real time of what was going on. It's not a business book, but you will learn a lot of things out of it. So I'm, I'm really pleased with it, even though I'm kind of doing a little crap here, but anyway, So yeah, so my partners and I, we had to physically put together the first thousand games for $35,000 from my uncle. And that was enough to get a thousand games produced. And there was no, as you say, Alibaba, no internet. In fact, the PC didn't exist in every home. And so we literally knew we wanted to physically produce a box with a board and cards so I went to the yellow pages, that big thick book that used to come in your front door. And most people don't know about it anymore, but it was a big book and I opened it up and I looked under the word boxes and I found a box maker Then I found a, uh, uh, a printer and then I found cubes. So I found everything in the yellow pages that I needed to put the game, to, the first thousand games together which I did by hand with my partners in my crappy little apartment, 975 square feet all oh my gosh! So, are you yeah. literally
1: gluing on? So you've got this box. Are you gluing on? So you get a print of what the pictionary top of the box. You're literally gluing that by hand in your apartment. Hell no! Uh,
0: <laughs> no, that was that. The printer did that for us. They we sent the boxes to them, and they no, that would have been ridiculous, or excuse me, impossible. But we did have one. We did have a couple of problems. In fact, our first big challenge was a physical challenge because we needed those thousand games. We were sending. I sent out invitations for our launch party and like I said, we did a thousand games and we had 500 cards per game, And so that's a half a million game cards. So they were supposed to come from the printer stacks of 500, right? 500 cards per thousand, thousand stacks of 500. Well, when they came back from the printer, uh, or excuse me, he told me it was going to cost more money and it was going to take a lot more time because they couldn't do the job they promised. We've already set up the invitations to the launch. I oh lose my gosh! My, I lose my uh, the stuff because <laughs> this is this is that moment where you know they say you can only control your emotions and how you react to things. I did not react well. I mean, I was not you know versed in being present and surrendering to the moment. I was like, "You son of a!" And so, uh, but we had no choice to get it done. So we had all the cards shipped to my apartment all 975 square feet of it. And there was 500 stacks of 1,000 cards. We hand-sorted the half-million game cards. Now, the enormity of the job would be taking 5,820, excuse me, 9,820, I've done the math, packs of playing cards. Your stupid little brother takes, opens every one of them, dumps all the cards, mixes them up in the middle of the room, and your job in six days is to repack all those cars. Oh my gosh, that's the enormity of the job. But we got it done.
1: But you got it and done. Other, we got yeah, it but done. That's a that's crazy. And you got it done for
0: launch. Definitely. But the the quick upside to that is my partners and I bonded like never before. We knew we could overcome any challenge. We knew that that whatever came our way, we could figure it out together and make it work. So again, there's always a silver lining. There's always an upside. You know, as many times as you and I have said here and you say, ah, it's happening to me and it's terrible. When some of these things happen to you, just take a second and just you may not know why Go, you know, it's happening for a reason. Take a couple of deep breaths, you know, meditate, whatever you got to do. Get away from the situation for a minute and then just know you got to get whatever the job is done. Don't panic. Don't, don't rant and rave and scream and yell. Just know that at some point you'll know why it happened.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's like Bezos says: is that the reduced stress is to take the action, right? Or just what am I supposed to see here? Just by starting to investigate, it helps you not waste that energy you mentioned, because that's wasted energy. Let's just get, let's figure it out. This isn't great, but let's figure out. Let's get this job done. So you launch everything is, everything is average, and then you guys launch it. And it was it just gangbusters from the start? Or, well, first of all, because a lot of people always want to know. Raising money, so you raised 35,000, sounds like from an angel investor. How did that look when you took that 35,000? Did you go,
0: You were gonna give you X amount of equity in the game? Yeah, uh, uh, going back to my college, I ran out of money my fifth year of school and I was tired of working full-time, trying to get fit school in and I it was my fifth year. So I borrowed $1,000 from my uncle to finish school. And the gig was I had to pay him back nine months after I started school, uh, graduated. Nine months later, I'm sending him checks, writing about $25 a month, no set time. And some months when I didn't have any money, I'd write him a note. Jerome, no money this month. Hope you're having a good day. He didn't give a crap if I paid it. He just wanted me to acknowledge it. So fast forward the Pictionary, we need 35 grand. I went to him and I said, look, I got a great idea, blah, blah, blah. He didn't understand Pictionary. He didn't care, but he knew I was a man of my word. I was a mensch, as he called it. So he loaned us for equity, but he gave us the money, not because he gave a shit about me or Pictionary. It's because I'm a man of my word. Uh, and that's where we got the investment. And it worked out beautifully that we didn't have to go spending our own time trying to find financing for the project. And then, so we've got
1: this game. You've collated, for lack of a better term, all <laughs> these cards. Took six days to do it. You launch. And then this is before the internet. So you have to sell this at the retail level. How'd you get in the retail stores?
0: So back in the day, back in 1985, when we launched, they were only selling games at Toys R Us, Walmart, all the big box stores and specific toy stores. In Seattle, there was three toy stores, strictly dedicated toy stores that weren't big box or chains. So we went with what was given us and that was those stores. So I sell the, those three stores pretty quickly. Now I'm standing there going, oh shit, what do I do now? I've got, I've got all this product. i got a thousand games. I've sold like 15 and I've got to figure something else out. So this is where we disrupted the market. So right now when you see games and toys in bookstores in Nordstrom and all these places, that was us, because we, we figured out that we weren't selling, went back to our roots, we weren't selling a game, mm-hmm. we were selling energy, we were selling fun, we were selling emotion, picture is a rock concert, right, all your emotions are, are at the same time, you may not remember the words, but you remember the fun, the energy, the, the high fives, just like a rock star concert, and so that's what we were selling, so I figured everybody should be selling that. We can't oh, I love go it. To you, you
1: had your why down. Now, when you go to, this is new, so you're pioneering, you go to the bookstores. Did the first couple say, we don't sell games?
0: Of course they did. The yeah. biggest the biggest toy store, bookstore in town, LAB Books, they looked at me like I was insane. <laughs> and I go, well, no, wait a minute, book, words, you know, pages, paper. No, nothing. They just couldn't buy it. So I would go to, I went, one of my first sales, that I talk about is I went to a real estate company and they go, well, why are you in Century 21? They go, why are you here? And they go, look, this is a game. This is fun. This is family entertainment. Your customers come in they look at a house that's to sell and there's a board game on the counter. It's picturey. it's fun. Oh, now I get it. They took six. A real estate company. I went to pharmacies. I went to knickknack stores. I went to bookstores. I went to, and our big break was Nordstrom. They didn't have a, a uh, toys, uh, toys or games, obviously, back then. But I was determined to sell the energy. I was determined to scale that energy. Went in, and the woman, Linda was her name. I still remember her. Said, no. She goes, well, we don't sell games. I go, now, wait a minute. So I just knew that this was a big deal. So I offered her everything. I offered her to take the games back. I offered her discounts. I said, I'll tell your staff how to play the game bottom line. You'll make more money. That was the whole point of this, obviously. And finally I said, I'll do demonstrations for you. I will stand at the bottom of the escalator in downtown Nordstrom for 12 hours a day and sell these six games for you. So you oh, have no great. risk. She goes, okay, I'll do it. And that's how I spent most of my next part of my life standing at the bottom of the escalator, downtown Nordstrom, selling fun and energy.
1: When you're doing that, how do you – because a lot of people just go, oh, that person's trying to sell me something. They'll keep walking, try to avoid you. Did you find any tricks of the trade in your time there with human nature of how do you get people drawn in? Is they're busy? They're trying to shop. The last thing they want to do is look over here.
0: Well, absolutely. They want a purse. They don't want some freaking game. Until they yelled at me, I took the table that was the picture game. Was on. I literally was at the bottom of the escalator. They had to run over me. <laughs> <laughs> to get uh, to get past me they got the prop really the customers are complaining back up 10 feet and so I would uh originally they would come down the escalator and I'd have the game out and the pad of paper and I'd have a pencil in my hand and I'd point to the person coming down the escalator hey take this pencil draw me something I'm going to try to guess it's a really fun game you know and they they'd look at me like that's really cute son and walk away so I started thinking about, I'm doing something wrong. And then that's when the pivot, if you will, happen. That's when I realized this is a guessing game. This is not a drawing game. Right. Fun is not. And so that was the light bulb moment of how we can market this differently. So when somebody would come down the escalator, I would hold the pad of paper up with a picture of a cat on it. And I go, what's this? Who doesn't like to be right and guess, yeah. right? Yeah. And so they they would say they would say it's a cat i go no you're wrong i never let them know the first guess They got you know work they got to work for it so finally they would say something whatever it was i'd say yes and they go i go your turn oh that got oh, their there you go and then they would come over and then i would of course be animated and by the time i was screaming other customers would come over and that was the big turning point in our marketing I like that.
1: Like a good question. Like, what is this? And people, it's just like social media today. That's where you get more engagement. You ask, do you like this or that? Or what's your opinion? People love to share it. So that's awesome. And then so the game, obviously it's in Seattle, but then all of a sudden to get that distribution, all of a sudden they realize, wait, this game's selling like crazy in Seattle. You guys wind up as, you know, Kevin O'Leary from the Shark Tank explained to us, you want to go license when to get that scale. So you guys license it that's successful and then you eventually sell the game um and so walk me through the selling of the
0: game because at first you said no well yeah the the selling of the game was actually easy it was the licensing part that was the head scratcher the life-changing moment the everything to us because you're absolutely right we couldn't scale it became very popular in seattle we kept it local and then we started expanding and all of a sudden we launch in June and by February of the following year, what's that, seven months, eight months? By the time we get to there, we're at 10,000 games, at 20,000 games and not even close to keeping up with the man. So all the big game companies, um, Parker Brother, Mattel, Milton Bradley, they all say, oh, we're going to license this. So we had a meeting with Milton Bradley and I'm 26 years old by now. I'm making $500 a month. I'm driving a 10-year-old crappy car. Uh, I'm living in that squalor of an apartment. And Milton Bradley comes to us and they go, we're going to license your game. And I went, okay. So we thought they're the biggest company in the world for a reason. Let's talk to them. So they come, we go to the meeting, and they show us a game that they're going to redesign and repackage picture. And we go, no, wait a minute. That's not the energy. That's not the essence of the game. We know what works. We know what we're trying to scale here, the energy and the fun. They were looking at it from a different angle. We said, you know, we need the packaging just the way it is. Let's, let's, if you can do that, then we can move forward. They said, sure. They gave us the biggest royalty rate they've ever given. We're looking at the contract. They've given what they said they would, the marketing guarantees, the marketing controls, advertising guarantees but nowhere in the contract is they won't touch the packaging without our approval. And we said, no, you know, no, wait a minute. We need that. And I, by the way, when I'm looking at the royalty rate, I am, I'm retired. Yeah. You're going, am I going to,
1: am I going to give the golden goose away here? I took some conviction to kind of hold on to
0: your. well, Well, it was a lot, but you know, by the time I'm looking at the contract, I see the money I'm going, you know, I'm buying stuff. I'm buying cars and houses and, you know, going to Costco and buy stuff I don't even like and need. Who cares? I'm just buying all kinds of stuff. And so, but when the contract didn't have that one uh, aspect to it, we go, we need that. I said, well, we can't give it to you. And here I am, 26, and all this crap. No plan B. Nobody waiting in the wings. We're slogging it out. We're not. We, we run the risk of complete and total failure because other games are starting to come onto the market. We still said no. It was not the right deal for us rather than just take the money and run and hope and pray. We said, no, and we trusted the universe to, to have our back. Back then it was like, what have we done? You know, that night when I see the product, but, Oh, I protected you, ba- you know, baby, it's, it's okay. Pictionary next morning at 7am, I'm shipping games. I'm oh, God, you son of a gun. I mean, come on. But it was like, it was like the right thing to do. And then two months later, Because we were uh, stayed true to our convictions, true to our intention, true to our our, um, intuition telling us not to do the deal. We did sign with another company, got a bigger royalty rate, all the guarantees, and made a lot more money. Oh, I
1: love it. I love it. It all worked out. That's good. That's good. And I don't know if I would have had the power that you did to do that, but I think you do. You just say, look, you're not touching the title of this book. We need to have we know what's going to work and so sticking by your guns that's that's huge so wrapping we got four minutes so we're kind of going to oh, lightning okay. round oh, lightning sorry. round here so okay. um i'm going to use this as an example it's a shameless plug but it's also because everyone's out there that's listening has got something they want to do and they want to launch so we've got sure. a, a new board game kitty corn it's really a card game so no matter what the listener has out there they want to launch but this one it's easier to get your mind around so we've got a new card game what are the things that we need to do like what are we, i might say top one top two top three but like eric if you absolutely do this it's key
0: like you need to do these this one thing or this these two things okay one thing i when anybody comes to me with a game the first thing i'll do lightning around is i always ask them what is your intention why are you doing this if it's because you're thinking to make a ton of money that's fine if you're doing it to create a job for yourself that's fine if you're doing it because you just want to say you did, that's fine. But check your ego at the door and then find out why you want to do it. Because if you look at it objectively, if you say, I'm going to sell, you know, do the math. I need to sell 600,000 of these units to make enough money so I can retire. Then figure out if you can actually sell that. Is anybody selling that? What is your intention? That's really important. When Pictionary, our intention was to scale Fun. if I had said our intention was to make a bunch of money, probably would have done as well because if we'd have made different decisions, I love Two, that. right, you've got to do that. And if you don't do the game because you don't think it's really where you want to spend your energy or your time, because it's a time suck, brother. It is a lot of work. You don't just create a game. You'll go, I've got this card game. And you can, as you say, you can point and shoot at Alibaba and it comes to your front door. But then remember, you have to market and sell it just because you produce it and you spend all your money on this card game doesn't mean you can sell it. You've got to keep that in mind. And I, I, I hate to be the negative guy, but once you, you've got to think of those things, is it something you really want to spend your time, energy, money on? And if it is, God love you, but no, it's a lot of work because you still have to sell it. But the thing to me was sampling. It's getting the game in people's hands right we used to give away games we came up with what we call pick pack which was sample games very cheap little little pack of cards that we gave out because you got to get people playing the game because once your friends go on your website at kickstarter or whatever you're out of friends
1: right? yep None, that's true right? it's so like you're insurance. taking it as a marketing cost just kind of giving these sample packs that makes sense give them away get them in people's
0: hands right right and so the Shark Tank, they'd go, you know, we lost $7 a game on our first 1,000 games. Shark yep. Tank would go, you're out of business. But, but get it people's hands. Find out what they like and don't like, right? It's okay to change the rules a little bit. We change them all the time. But sample, sample, sample. And then, you know, social, mark, uh, social, mark, social media, of course. Testimonials, why people like it. Just to put social media and say, I've got a great game. Everybody should buy it. Uh, you know just to say everybody should buy it I'm sorry it doesn't work you've got to actually get out there and physically work
1: I love it I love your story about being at the escalator too it's just a reminder to all of us get out there make it happen roll up the sleeves hard work works um your positive energy works and I know that they've given a ton of positive energy to my our listeners here today so I can't think enough because I know how busy you are it's crazy 60 million copies sold check out the book game changer by Pictionary founder Rob Angel Uh, and Rob parting words is there any phrase is there any book any movie any podcast that we should all check out
0: well just know that there's no one way to get anywhere everybody goes follow my principles and you'll be a success do this and you'll be a success bullshit do what you know is right in your heart follow your intuition Get there when you get there. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. It is what it is. So trust yourself. Trust what you believe. Trust where you think you want to go. And then it'll all work out. And if it doesn't, it's okay. But if you start listening to everybody else, then you're going to get blame, play the blame game. So just have the confidence to know you're right. Have the confidence to know you're doing the right thing for you. And it's just magic when it happens.
1: Love it. Magic. Just do it. Rob Angel. Thank you, Rob. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us Man. on the Superior
0: Podcast. My pleasure. Good luck, everybody.
1: So thanks again for listening to today's Super You Podcast. Again, it's a podcast designed to unlock and unleash your inner superpower. And if you want to pay it forward, make sure you go post a review for the Super U podcast, because what that will do, it allow others that aren't familiar with our podcast to discover it. And hopefully that allows them to unlock and unleash. Their inner superpower. So that's it for today's show. I'm your host, Equal Man, reminding all of us it's not what we take from the world, it is what we leave behind.
0: Seven,
1: six, five, four, three, two, one. Super, 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 super you.